tap into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And this is the podcast we go around the world talking to creative practitioners, how they get inspired and how they organize, but also how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. And today, our topic is mental health. And sometimes, you know, mental health issues are in the forefront of our thoughts and in the news these days, but sometimes we think about the extremes of mental health issues, but there's also day-to-day -day issues like burnout and depression, uh, general anxiety. We wanna focus on all of those and the conversations that we all need to have about our mental health. But there's also an app that can facilitate those. And that's what we're gonna talk with our guest today, Nisha. Nisha joins us from Germany and she's helped develop a new app to facilitate these uh, confidential conversations. Nisha, welcome to our program. Thanks for having me. Well, Nisha, what was the, I guess, the impetus or the motivation behind starting to create an app that would help think about mental health issues in a new and different way? It probably sounds quite rudimentary, but for me and for several of my colleagues, it was just a need. We were somehow experiencing mental health issues kind of around the same time because we all work in a very high stress environment. I come from a, back, a technical background myself, so I'm a UX designer um, and I work with mobile app developers and, and front end and back end developers and that's always a high stress environment. And somehow we found ourselves navigating the mental health space, trying to find outlets for, uh, for our mental health and for our mental well-being, specifically trying to, to find peer-to-peer-led networks, not necessarily rushing to the nearest therapist, because as we know, many of them are booked out for years and years at this point, and they're also expensive. It's, a, it's quite a long-term commitment to have to make if you're not exactly sure what the status is of your mental health. What we wanted was a way to connect people that have a similar mental health issue, protecting their identity and, and um, making sure that they are anonymous when they speak about their mental health, because that's also quite important, and allowing people to share their experiences and learn from each other. And after months of research, we simply couldn't find something like this that already existed. There are similar situations or similar solutions, to be sure, but uh, certainly nothing like this that really went out of the way to anonymize the user and protect them as they talk about these harrowing experiences. And as you were developing, well, as you say, UX or just you know the experience of the app, what were some of the important factors you, know, you mentioned anonymous, you mentioned peer-led. What were some mm -hmm. of the other functionalities you wanted to build in? The anonymity was key, number one. We absolutely wanted to make sure that we, we couldn't identify our users. We don't track any PII data ourselves. So any user that joins is simply assigned a random username, and that's all. That's all that any user can see about them. So it really goes out of the way to make sure that privacy is, is almost a number one priority or is in fact a number one priority in the app. In addition to this, we wanted to make it affordable. We didn't want to even have to charge anything at all. It, I think it costs 99 cents to download at this point. So there is a small barrier to entry, but certainly cheaper than, <laughs> than booking a therapist appointment or, sure. or something like that. And we wanted to make it accessible. 
I wanted to make sure that it's available 24 hours a day. So you can call into whatever your support group is at any time and have someone answer. They're not a therapist, but it's a peer, someone who knows you, someone who understands what you're going through because they've been through it themselves. And so we wanted to make sure that this was also factored in, this idea that if there is some kind of a crisis or if there is some kind of a breakdown, that app is always available and you can simply call into your group and speak to someone right away. And so these were, I think, the three main factors. It's definitely function over flash when it comes to the app because another key uh, driving factor for us was getting it out as soon as possible. When you have a mental health issue, a day can seem like a year and the longer you wait, to give people an outlet, the more serious the issue becomes. And so we really wanted to end to end to get end to end to get this out the door as quickly as possible. And so it's not very fancy to be sure, but it's definitely fulfills its purpose and what we were looking for, at least in the first set of iterations. Mm -hmm. And why don't we go ahead and tell people where they can access it and how they can uh, download the app now? Sure. So uh, it's available on the App Store and in Google Play. It's called Confidential Conversations. If you if you search for it, it should it should show up. First of all, if it doesn't, then feel free to let me know. Um, we also are on all of the major social media channels. Our handle is at confidconvos. We have a website confidconvos.com. So that's confidconfidentialconvosconversations.com. Um, and all of the information is there and the links are there as well. So uh, hopefully if you, you can pick your favorite social media channel and just search that handle, you'll probably find us. Yes. Well, as I followed uh, your Instagram channel, I will think about some of the posts I've seen that mm -hmm. uh, you really highlight the real life nature of these stories and experiences from PTSD to, as I said before, depression or you know, trauma or abuse. Uh, what, what are some of the stories that uh, you're picking up on, that you're following. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. There, it seems to be really widespread. There's a, there's no real pattern in this in the stories that we're hearing from. It's everything from LGBTQ related issues, imposter syndrome, many things that seem to be workplace related. I would say in this moment, so burnout and uh, high stress, of course, but also stories around postpartum depression or or grief dealing with the loss of a loved one. I mean, after the COVID pandemic, I'm sure some of that has touched us in some way, for sure, almost all of us. So uh, there's really quite a lot of issues to be dealt with. But what we're finding that's actually really interesting is there's a lot of technology-related issues, too. You know, issues around online harassment and cyberbullying. Uh, these issues that are, I would say, probably more uh, more related to the Gen Y, Gen Z, not so much Gen X or older, mm -hmm. but it's interesting to look at it because as the technology continues to advance and increase and become so pervasive in our lives, as you think about future generations, this is certainly going to be a mental health consideration going forward as we think about how technology plays a role and how much should it in fact play a role in our lives. Well, and you mentioned your own background in UX and there's something about the tech field that is it a stereotype do you think nisha or do you think that there's something inherent in the pace or the pressure or maybe the sort of psyche of the users that go into this field i don't i don't know but it is yeah it's beyond a stereotype now isn't it 
Definitely. No, I mean, it's it's increasing at a rapid pace. I mean, I think that the COVID pandemic, I don't have to say this probably because it's probably self-evident to most of the listeners, but uh, the COVID pandemic certainly pushed technology along in terms of making sure that remote access was available. People had to work from home. So companies that that didn't offer that before ha- had to start doing that. And as a result, you see more and more cloud movement. You see more and you see more data-driven decisions being made. You see more push around analytics and BI. And so for, I think for sure the technology is advancing at a pace that um, we are keeping up with, but it, it continues to evolve in, in so rapidly that uh, it will be really interesting to see going forward if you talk about AI and chatbots and how those will start to play a role in, in mental health and how they already have actually started playing a role in mental health. and. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's very exciting, but I think it's also something we constantly need to be cognizant about, you know, in terms of knowing when to turn it all off and give ourselves a break as well. Mm-hmm. And how was the development of this app different for you and probably your team, knowing that this had some personal passion project in it? It was not just somebody's brief handed down saying, exactly. let's make an app for hire. No, it was not that. Uh, I think all of us really felt an urgency around this. It was something that's hard to explain or describe, but all of us really felt like, because it's so intuitive, this idea that, okay, peer-to-peer networks talking about mental health, this should already exist. And and may, th- there might be some comparable apps out there. Maybe there are some geographic limitations around them or or or, or something, but a global community where you can really talk about what's going on in your mental health openly without really feeling the stigma around that. We, we, we thought for sure that has to exist already, which is why we did so much research ahead of time looking for something like this, looking for a solution that already existed because we assumed we don't live in the stone age, right? We mm-hmm. assume that something already exists that meets this need. And when we, when we didn't find it, we were pretty shocked because I mean, how can it be that we don't have a way to connect with each other on a, on a deeper level? We have, you know, hundreds of social media platforms where you can post videos and cat, cat, da- cats <laughs> dancing on a piano and all of these, I would say, the, more cat, superficial... the cats did a bad name. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all of these more, I would say, superficial outlets where you, you, you hide your pain behind selfies and videos. But when you really want to connect with each other on a more deep level and try to understand where you are in the mental health spectrum and and even get second opinions about whether therapy is right for you or not, this peer-to-peer platform doesn't really exist, at least not in a way that protects your identity. Mm-hmm. And so we, for us, it was kind of a surprise because we thought, okay, well, if this, if this doesn't exist, it has to. And that's why I said it's, it's much more, I would say, uh, substance over over style and flash. The app is not super fancy, but functionally, it really fulfills the needs that we were looking for in terms of being able to chat in with any online support group you want, being able to create groups when you can't find any, um, locking the groups at a certain number, so you're only talking to a select few people at any given time, being able to call in and actually anonymize your voice on these phone calls. So there's a lot of features that we really took uh, seriously when it came to protecting people's privacy. But we also thought let all of the rest of the enhancements that are not crucial, let's let's get the app out the door and then iterate on it as much as possible in Build the next from round. There. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. that. 
Now, clearly peer-to-peer -peer is a, a big benefit. Group therapy is well known uh, you know, to have its uh, place in the overall treatment spectrum. There, there may be people out there saying, but wait, how can just a peer-led, where, where's the moderator? Where's the facilitator? Where's the therapist to guide this conversation? Otherwise, mm -hmm. it would go off the rails or people are giving each other bad advice, uh, potentially. What, what mm -hmm. were some of the considerations there? It's a really good point. And we thought about this for a long time, actually. Well, I wouldn't say a long time. We thought about this for as long as we could, because we thought maybe we can integrate some kind of AI chatbot to serve as a moderator. We really didn't want to include therapists in it because there's so many, the, the mental health space is so saturated with options for, for professional counselors and online therapists. So if you want to go that route, I don't think you need our help really. I don't think you need the help of this app. But again, that's a long-term commitment and it's quite expensive. So you need to have some disposable income available to cover that because I don't know of any health insurance that does yet. Um, but what we were really thinking was, again, let's, let's, let's let people create the groups and see how the conversation grows organically. The beauty of being the founder of the app and also a user of the app is that I mean, I also actively use it myself. So I, I've been privy to some of the conversations, at least to, within the groups that I'm a part of. And uh, it's a really interesting dynamic that you mentioned, because in most of the groups, we see there's one alpha, maybe two alpha users that are very open about talking about their mental health, very structured conversationalists. And the others can kind of nod and listen and mm -hmm and kind of understand and, and talk at their own pace. I think the other problem with a moderated conversation is you push people into spaces that they may not be ready to speak about yet. And mental health, at least for me, is something very personal. I, I can't be pushed to talk about my mental, my mental health problems. I have to be able to get there myself. Uh, and, I then, and then it's a much more fruitful conversation. And so I think being able to build trust among the users, being able to again, make people feel like they're, on, they're not alone when they talk through these conversations, that there are not only other users like them, there are other users exactly like them, really suffering from the same mental health issue that they're going through. And if they're willing to share their experiences, that's wonderful. If they're not ready yet, then that's all right too. That has to be okay as well, because we have to let people listen and absorb and, and speak about these things when they're ready to. And I think that was also why we deviated away from moderated conversations and, and therapy-led conversations, because they feel a bit, at least for, for, really, for people who are new to the mental health space and don't really know where they are or what they're suffering from or how severe their mental health issue might be, it seems like a bit of a, a push that they might mm -hmm. not be ready for. They kind of get in, wade in, make it organic from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, is, yep. is there a place or a role for families, caregivers, allies, mm -hmm. uh, supporters? How do we? Yeah, find? there's an there's an entire there's an entire subcategory uh, essentially devoted to caregivers for people with debilitating illnesses. Uh, this is also something that's very near and dear to my heart because uh, I have a grandmother with dementia myself, and you know other people I know who have who have family members who are suffering from autism, from uh, Parkinson's disease. You know, this these really just very hard to watch diseases that don't have cures 
but you know you you do your best to care for them as much as you possibly can and uh you know just try to make them comfortable because they're more or less deteriorating in front of you and, and you kind of have to be the the, bar, the brunt of that and so i think caregivers are are really modern day superheroes i think i have many posts about this on <laughs> on my instagram and on because they're amazing i mean they 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 do such a hard job and i'm sure that that takes a toll on their mental health and so allowing them to have a venue to connect with each other i think is incredibly important too not just for their own mental health but for the job that they do the incredible work they do in taking care of of these family members and patients and and other people that are are really struggling with debilitating problems and issues mm -hmm. absolutely well, it's, it's good to hear that's built in i know for myself uh, a family member uh you know with one of these debilitating conditions and i participated in a i think it was eight weeks you know a zoom peer-to-peer -peer support group for family mm -hmm. members. And there were times when it's like, wow, that's a really good idea I never thought of. There were also times when it was almost cringeworthy. It's like, I can't believe you did that. I tried that, it didn't work. Whatever the case was, it was a nice conversation. I, I benefited mm -hmm. a lot uh, from the you know sharing of other family members' uh, experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole goal of this is to really just if people are willing to share, it's such a it's such a brave thing to do anyway, to be able to share what you're going through at any given time. I know it took me a very long time myself to even come to terms with my own mental health issues and with my own status in terms of is it OK to feel this way at a certain time? Is it not OK? Is it normal? And so just being able to have a sounding board to ask these questions, to be able to say, you know, hey, I, I feel like this. Is it is it OK to feel like this? And having a peer tell me that for me at least is significantly more valuable than a therapist because a therapist is like kind of paid to say that to you, <laughs> but a peer seems like they are looking out for you in a more genuine way. And so I don't know, for so me that's incredibly how, valuable. How do you feel? They might really be interested in how you feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they have no monetary gain, right? So it's, uh, that's an interesting it's definitely perspective. a different type of conversation for yeah. sure, yeah. Well, Nisha, you also brought, well, let's remind people it's called confidential conversation conversations, you know, people need to get started somehow. And you mentioned they might have been thinking about this for a long time. And now I'm thinking about your app and they know it's available now. They've heard about it in our conversation here. What's what's kind of a first step? How do you get in the pool? How do you click and get started? You know, whether you want to be that alpha conversation starter or whether you just want to listen in and learn. Mm -hmm. So it's exactly what you said, right? Click and get started. I mean, the easiest way is to to go to your nearest app store, your favorite app store. It's not available on Windows, sorry. Uh, but on the app store or on Google Play, feel free to, to search us and look us up um, and, and download it and give it a try, right? I mean, I think even if you don't, even if you're in the 3% of the global population that has no mental health problem at all, and you're perfectly normal, even just having the app on your phone, I think is valuable because one day you may need it. And so, you know, download it, give it a try, see if it works for you. I mean, in the best case scenario, you join a group where, where it's, it's, it's lively and you're able to really talk through some difficult moments, some embarrassing moments, some harrowing moments, and really find a community and a network that understands you better than anyone else because they've been through it too. 
And in the worst case scenario, you can use it as a platform to try to understand uh, whether therapy is right for you or where are you on the mental health spectrum to even do a bit of self-reflection and self-analysis to try to see whether whether therapy is a, a viable option, whether it's something that you might you might need to take or you might not need to take. This is not meant to be a substitute for therapy in any way, but more like a compliment, I would say. I think it's it's never a bad thing, even if you are seeing a therapist, to have to have an app like this on your phone where you can talk through some of what you're feeling with peers because I honestly think that people who understand you better, the people who have been through it, will be able to give you advice and routines that your therapist cannot. So I think there's value in having having this app anyway. Honestly, the, the, one of the main goals for me was just to make sure that every parent makes sure that this app is on their child's phone, more or less. Because I think as a responsible parent, helping our, our kids through really tough mental health issues, we may not have all the answers as parents, but at least if they have the app on the phone, we can be rest assured that they're talking to someone. Maybe not us, but someone who understands they have them. Access and I think to that, someone. Yes. That's already that's already valuable. Yeah. Uh, terrific. Well, Nisha, how has this uh, uh, helped your own creative process? You know, how has this sort of, as our title says, unlocked your creativity to have this kind of outlet in these conversations? Absolutely. I think uh, I, I think it's definitely shed a new light on on the creative process for me in terms of doing something quickly but efficiently um, and making sure that I don't dwell too much on uh, you know, the, the, the smaller details that there simply isn't time for. I think this app could have been incredibly exhaustive. We all had a lot of ideas in terms of what to put in it, but really be, being able to narrow down the priorities of what we wanted to get first and what we wanted to get right was a, a really enlightening process. And I would say that's that's probably um, one of the major takeaways. The prioritization process is always difficult when you're talking about a project or an app or anything. So I think really getting that right is a, is a huge step in the right direction. And I think we did the best we could uh, given the time given the time constraints. It's definitely not perfect, but uh, that's the point. It's not meant to be perfect the first time out. and. Uh, we, we, we are looking forward to getting user feedback on what else is needed, what, what are other features that users are looking for, and building partnerships with other incredible entrepreneurs that are working in this space. I think you've had a few already on your show, so uh, yes. I look forward to connecting with them as well. But there's so much work in the mental health space, and that's really exciting because it means that mental health is finally becoming a, a, a priority and something that, uh, that people really need to take seriously. It's not just a throwaway anymore it's not just something that you can ignore because you've seen results coming from it people have been leaving their jobs in droves because they're not going to tolerate uh, employers that work them to the bone right they mm -hmm. people care about work-life balance people care about these things now and so as priorities shift and as we see mental health come more and more in the spotlight it's really exciting to see where this app can go and we already have some ideas in the pipeline for sure but certainly uh there's there's a lot of room for growth and we really look forward to building our user base and and getting user suggestions and and working with users to try and make this a little bit better the second time around 
That's wonderful. I, I do get the sense that you have a, a great vision. So want to wish you all the best. And listeners, because we've called it Confidential Conversations, Nisha and I have been uh, having this conversation on a first name basis. We're not going to uh, expose or uh, reveal you know, her confidentiality. But if you want to connect and if you want to support the group, if you have ideas and suggestions or you want to be a creative resource for their team, come through me. We'll make the match. And uh, we'll support you in any way we can, Nisha. That's great. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, we appreciate the great. work. Well, listeners, Absolutely. what a great conversation about mental health. If this has uh, raised some issues for you, uh, do try the app and uh, give it a shot. Now, on the other hand, if you're having a very immediate kind of acute suicidal crisis or emotional distress, I do want to remind you of the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's 1-800-273-TALK. That's in the US. And if you're listening elsewhere, please find your uh, local national suicide prevention line. Well, Nisha, thanks a lot for the conversation. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. It was and great. listeners, come back again for our next episode. We'll continue these conversations with creative practitioners around the world about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and most of all, how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work out into the world. So until next time, I'm Mark Stenson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. See you soon. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love.